It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hello, everyone, and welcome to what we're going to call the first official episode of the SEN NBA podcast. Now that the season is officially underway, we had a few episodes leading up to the season that were all division previews. The season has officially started. It started a week ago. We are a week in, and we are loving it. Luke Sakari, what's going on, buddy? Not much, Christos, but it, NBA season is back. We're a week in, and it's just been sensational. You sick of it yet? No. That's no, good. no. Won't be sick of it until June, and then I'll probably be bored of it a week later without it. So never, ever sick of it. Chris Silva, how you feeling, buddy? I feel sick, man. Oh, what's wrong? I feel sick. It's not what's good. What's wrong? <laughs> One week in, and he feels sick. The Cleveland Indians are <laughs> oh, no. almost going to blow a 3-1 lead. Well, you know, we're on to Game 7 is what we are. We're on to Game 7. In the uh, words of Zaza Pachulia, we are on to Game 7. It's big, but it's in Cleveland. And Corey Kluber's Luke, Luke said earlier in the week that he he didn't want uh, to clinch on. it in, the, in Chicago. He said when he had a 3-1 series, he said, I don't want to clinch it in Chicago. They can win this game. I want to clinch it at home. I didn't so you're say giving that. up the opportunity did not. for a World Series, their first <laughs> one since, what, 48? Let me clear that up, Christos, and all You listeners. did not want to win I at said, Field. I said, if you had a choice, would you rather win a championship at home or on the road? You're getting and way I too said, stuff. You're getting way too Obviously, cocky. you'd rather win it anywhere, but it would be nice to win it in front of the home fans. That being said, I didn't say I didn't want them to win Game 5. Yeah, you said that. You said you didn't I want did to win. Say, no, no, no. You said, let's lose now. <laughs> So we can I take this back to India, to, take this back not, to Cleveland. Did not say let's and win lose. at I would home. Never... And now it's about to, what's it's about to backfire on you. Well, maybe we're just building up the um the, the yeah, dramatics. You, you, we're making the documentary better in twenty years for ESPN. The, the city of Cleveland never does anything easy. Clearly <laughs> right. not. We've, exactly. We've seen that. We we saw it in the finals in the NBA finals. So hopefully this is just. Uh, Another chapter in a future 30 for 30. You know. Corey Kluber's pitching yeah. tomorrow. Cy, former Cy Young. Game 7. Against Hendricks. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. It's big. And I'm bloody working. But that's <laughs> so right. am I. It's going to be good anyway. I'll be at home. It's going to be good anyway. And like I said game. before. We're going to Game 7, baby. <laughs> game 7. Where's that game from? Game 7. Zaza in Atlanta. 2000 and... <laughs> Something. I can't even remember. Mid-2000s. <laughs> but it's awesome. How are you, man? We we never... I, I realise you ask us how we I are. I wait every we, week for you we, to ask me. Well, you know, every, every time we're driving home, I'm like, man, I didn't ask, I didn't ask Chris <laughs> how he was. He might be terrible. Man, every week. So, you know what, you know yeah, what I'm, I'm liking most you. about this NBA season? What's that, man? Props to ESPN Australia. We knew it was mm. happening. They play a lot of games this week. Yes. They played two on Wednesday, two Thursday, two Friday, two Saturday, and one on Sunday. There's yeah. none today. We've got another doubleheader tomorrow. It'll be the second Celtics game of the season, the which is fantastic. All the TNT Hopefully doubleheaders we win on this Friday. One because last week we lost. We looked terrible against the Bulls. The Bulls, we'll touch on them a little bit later. Man, you might, you might be right. We're a week in. <laughs> you've, been, you've been harping on them all, uh, all yeah, preseason. Yeah, yeah. You were on D-Wade's bandwagon. You said he's going to keep shooting these threes like he has in the preseason. He's continued that form. I'm still quietly confident that he can't sustain this form because... 
surely yeah. a 32 year old can't go an entire career shooting 25% from three then all of a sudden in one off season <laughs> hit better than 35% I don't think it's going to happen but I think what is he evened his or almost evened his tally of threes from last season yeah, he hit seven he last hit season seven yeah. last season yeah. yeah. 44 now? last year I, oh, he hit four in opening night I think he hit he won against the Nets the other day, so he's at least on five. He's approaching it. So he's nearly there, nearly there. He's close enough. Have you heard of me and Luke's uh, little wager on D-Wade? I have not. What is it? So I've I've been, like you said, tooting uh, the D-Wade uh, horn. All. I'm not there yet. I'm not I'm not on the bandwagon. Right. So, so, Three-point shooting, yeah. So what we've got is... If D-Wade shoots at or above the league average, which we've decided it's 33%. Wait, is this, is this so you're locking in 33 or are you going to wait until the end of the season and find no, out no, what the no, league average is? No, we're going to say 33. 33? 33 okay. is a fair. 33 fair is fair, you know, you know, one out of three. Um, if he hits that or more, Luke's uh, dinner's on Luke. If he's under that, nice seafood dinner. Dinner's on me. Yeah, we're gonna take it. Oh, I'm not seafood. I don't like seafood. Gotta, really? Don't like. Seafood. Gotta go somewhere expensive though. <laughs> can't can't just be like noodle box. I'm gonna make go sure. to Crown or something. Can go. Yes, go to Crown. <laughs> go to Crown. <laughs> That'd be nice. Get, get something there. Get some wine. Yeah, a nice nice dinner. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of because we we touched on the Bulls, the Bulls are a team that I was pretty confident weren't going to finish in the playoffs come the start of the season. I had them as I think an 11 seed. Were you both? With me thereabouts. Yeah, I think, I think not a lot of people. I were don't, uh, on not them. many people had them in the playoffs at all. No, I yeah. had them safely eleventh. Another team that we uh, seem to be a little bit wrong on so far are the Warriors, who came out in Game One at home and lost to the Spurs. Not a close game, mind you. They laid an egg. They laid an absolute egg. They couldn't shoot. The Spurs <laughs> looked fantastic. This was a home game with the new super team, the best team of all time. Going to go eighty-two and zero. And they've lost already. And I yeah. think now we have a problem with Golden State. So do you this is the problem with the early season in anything. So you have that game, but then you have then you have two games in the middle where they just beat New uh, New Orleans and just beat Phoenix, two teams who aren't making the playoffs who have been bad. And then they come out and beat Portland in Portland 127 and 104. So how much can we read into each result? The, uh, that how much do you say? Well, yes, they beat Portland, but the Spurs beat them by twenty nine. But they just beat Phoenix and the Pelicans again. It goes so, back to when Miami started uh, their big three, and it took them a while. What were they nine and eight? Nine and eight. Nine yeah. and eight. The Cavs were nineteen games. and twenty. In <laughs> nineteen first and twenty. Season. So it takes a while to gel. Absolutely. But I thought it might be a bit different because there was already already an established team, already a team that won seventy three games in the previous season. That is bringing in one superstar that fills a need, that fills a spot. The biggest thing with the Warriors is adapting to their new second unit and mm. adapting to the fact that they don't have a rim protector. That is a big blow for them that they can't have those guys coming off the bench that are as good as... They had a deep, deep team last year. Yeah. They don't have a deep team this year, or definitely not as much as last season, and that's surely going to impact on the way these guys play. Yeah, well, one thing about the Warriors last season was a lot of games in, in the 73 that they won, they were they were close games, but... When those bench guys such as uh, Barbosa and who, who Azili was another Azili, one, Azili, all, all those sorts of guys, Mo Space is another one. When those guys came in the game, they were able to extend a lot of lead for the Warriors. And this season so far, we've seen they haven't been able to do that. It's been quite the opposite, right? Um, but today, obviously, they had guys like David West was plus twenty six, 
So uh, Ian Clark shot eight eight of eight. So twenty four points was it? Twenty two. Twenty two. Yeah. Excuse me. So that's that's the big thing for me for the Warriors is uh, their depth. Whether they can um, get productive bench minutes. And we got a tweet in during the week as well. And anyone who wants to ask us a question during the week. You can do so at SEN America. You make sure you got a hashtag SENNBA podcast, so it makes it very easy for us to find. So before the show, we just search through that hashtag, and that's how we find the question. So don't bother just responding. If you're going to respond to the tweet that says, submit your questions, make sure you've got that hashtag SENNBA podcast. And the first question we're going to touch on, we're going to get to every question that people sent in throughout the week as well, just scatter them throughout the show. The first question from at Damien Smeaton, can the Warriors win the competition Without a defensive center, because we saw last year, Andrew Bogut was that guy. He didn't need to put up the points. He was just there to protect the glass, protect the rim, and he did his job. Zaza Pachulia isn't that kind of guy. What do you reckon, boys? Yes. In one word, yes. And I'll tell you why. It's because, look, no team's perfect. Golden State isn't perfect, but that's fine. That's okay. They're pretty darn close, though. Yeah. So As close as we've seen. Yeah. (laughs) That's a week. And look. Before the season started, we said it. We said, well, everyone was saying it, that their lack of room protection, maybe an an interior defensive presence, is going to be a concern. That's been proven right so far. But at the same time, do they really need that guy? Because you look on the perimeter. Granted, they haven't been great defensively yet. They were very good against the Blazers. But you still have a guy like Durant, who's underrated defensively. Clay Thompson is one of the better perimeter defenders in the league. Draymond Green is sensational on the defensive end. So they've got good defenders. And when you've got their scoring power, I mean, they scored 127 against Portland. When it comes together, when it all clicks, when that offense finally gels together, when you compare what they gain from their pretty good perimeter defenders and Draymond, who can do a bit of everything, and how much, how many points they're going to score, those that collective strength will outplay the weakness of not having a rim protector. Yeah, I tend to agree with you, Luke. I think when you're looking at this type of question in the in the playoffs, it's often a game of uh, matchups, and obviously, if the Warriors, I mean, we're looking very far ahead here, but if they're gonna win the title, they're gonna have to go past the uh, go through the Cavs. We assume in the East, so you have to look at. Um, we saw last year in the finals when when Bogut went down, um, guys like James and Irving were had a free run into the into the rim, so. I think, uh, I think they can win definitely. Like, like Luke said, they've got. I think all, we also got them as favourites. Yeah, of the yeah. Oh, yeah. So yeah, they're yeah, still favourites for mine. Absolutely, yeah, they're, they're favourites, but um, it's definitely a concern. It's a legitimate concern. So legitimate, but I think one more thing as well about Golden State. We touched on earlier about how the Heat and Cavs got off to shaky starts with their super teams. I think something important to mention about Golden State is while they're working out their kinks and their concerns and they're gelling, is that they're still winning. And I thought that's important. It's not like they're going through these stages and they're losing games. The fact that they're still winning, granted, you can say, yes, look who the wins were against New Orleans and Phoenix. And obviously, Portland was a bit different. But at the end of the day, you're still winning games. And you know, when teams face Golden State now, they're probably going to play better than they normally would. Because there's so many times when if you're a rebuilding team or a young team, you want to beat the best. Yeah. So it's just a natural instinct that you're going to play better than you probably usually do against someone else. But the fact that they're still... I mean, and people say, yes, but they're just winning on talent. Well, guess what? Talent wins championships. Look at all the teams. Look at the NBA now. You've got to have at least two or three All-Stars to win a title. They've got four. 
So the fact that they're still winning tells me that, okay, they're still going to be fine once it all clicks. Yeah, I think and, I agree. Yeah. And for me, I, I think the a lot of their, I mean, shakiness, I guess, in the first four games, is, it's been because they're missing, just just not making shots. We, we hear so often that it's a make-or-miss league, and it's absolutely true when it comes to this team that led the league in three-point shooting past two seasons of, while winning 140 games. And they're, you know, guys like Clay Thompson, I think, shooting under 20% from three. Durant's barely over 30. Which so is strange considering the amount of space they have. Exactly. The so you expect those shots to eventually start falling. And when they do, I think the results will uh, normalize. And I think what we also have to mention is Durant has been better than he was last. Very quietly, this last week has probably been one of the best in Kevin Durant's career. But if, I think the fact that he's playing in Golden State yeah, but, takes that away a little bit. If he had had that exact same performance, those exact same performances on Oklahoma City, I think he would have been given a lot more props. But the fact that he's moved over and he's now the villain, playing in the best team of all time, coming off a 73-win season last year, playing with Steph Curry, playing with Clay Thompson, playing with Draymond Green... I think those performances kind of get shielded a little bit, especially when other guys in the league, and we'll, we'll get to this shortly, are having the week that they've had. Yeah, that's, So many terrific yeah. players are having incredible individual performances over the past week. No, I take your point, but I just I feel like... It, I know the point, I understand it, and I, I accept it, but I feel like it's wrong because you look at him, he's averaging 28.5 points, and granted, like Chris mentioned, he's not shooting well from beyond the arc. He's shooting 57.4% from the field. That's incredible. That's amazing. Along with nine rebounds, four four assists, three steals, one one and a half blocks, he's doing it all. He looks comfortable, which which is funny because there are still times when he's got the ball and he looks a bit hesitant. Mm. He's like, "Oh, should I pass it here or should I attack?" Which is natural because you're playing with a whole new set of teammates. But he's been awesome. Even Steph's been pretty good. I mean, Steph's had his glimpses where he's like, "That's Steph we saw last year." There's been glimpses where he hasn't been the same. Draymond, teams are forcing Draymond to shoot. They are leaving him wide open, and he hasn't hit them yet. Will he hit them eventually? Possibly. If he hits them at a rate that's really good, well, then that's a problem because teams are leaving him so wide open. Then if you can't leave him wide open, well, then who you going to leave Same open? with Iguodala. Yeah, so a lot of these guys are just missing, missing shots. Excuse me. Going back to Clay. Chris, this is a question for you. Yeah. If Thompson's shooting percentages, I don't expect them to, but just imagine they take a Danny Green type drop. Like Danny Green had a massive shooting percentage drop last year. How much does this change their offense? If if Clay, well, I mean, no one expects it to happen and no one really thinks it will. But imagine if he drops down to say just at league average as a three-point shooter when he's open. Does that change anything? Oh, not, not for me because... I mean, we've seen he's got, what, four or five, five... What's he been in the league? Five seasons now? Prior to this one? Five seasons? We've we got five seasons of evidence that this guy's an elite yep. shooter. You know, one of the best that we've ever seen in the league. So And so far this season, it is four games old. Yeah. So, of course. So and which I, is with everything we say. Yeah, yeah. It's got the caveat. Yeah. Small sample size, guys. With I, everything we say. So, so I, think, I think even if he does... I mean, say he gets to the All-Star break and he's still shooting... The three at maybe thirty five percent. Even it's not doesn't mean like teams aren't going to respect him and leave him open. You know? yeah. It's still Clay Thompson. Yep. Spot so on. spot on. So while we spoke about the best team in the league last season, let's quickly just touch on the worst team in the league last season just for a minute before we move on, and that is the Seventy Sixes. And we mentioned before not to really overreact over. 
the space of three or four games. Boy, I'm overreacting. I'm overreacting <laughs> as well. And I wrote an article on it after their first game. The 76ers, are they are they kind of fun to watch? Well, I'll I'll ask I'll answer your question with another question. Are the 76ers fun to watch or is Joel Embiid fun to watch? Both. Both? To, to be honest, I think, yeah, absolutely. I mean, Obviously, Embiid's looking fantastic. I think most people are <laughs> he's watching... He's taking it on, man. I like, think, he's the yeah, guy. He's been unbelievable. And I think most people are watching the Sixers to see what Embiid does. I like, am. You take I Embiid am. out of that team, are you <laughs> still too. watching him? Yep. So, but again, he's been... Had a chance to win the game against Orlando, and he turned it over in the last five seconds, which doesn't matter, because he's a process. Yep. He is the... He pro- is the process. <laughs> the Sixers actually... <laughs> they introduced him as the process That's today. Awesome, yeah. <laughs> so, I, I feel like... As amazing, he's awesome. Like we're already seeing it. Those little in the post, those little nuances with his footwork is just incredible. But I feel like it's more about his personality as well. That people just love this guy. They just gravitate. They gravitate towards he's him. He's not robotic. He's not boring. No, it's something fun. that Philly needs. Something that even the like it's it's, it's something it's, that sports needs. I yeah. feel like we're sports. Sports is at a stage where it's. There's a lack of personalities, right? Everyone's so robotic, you know, giving answers that that PR managers are uh, telling them to say and stuff. And this guy comes along and he's so fresh and you, he's full of youthful exuberance. And I think that that joy that he plays with is because he missed so much basketball. I think when you see him out on the court, um, enjoy, he's just being himself because he, he's been... Well, what he's loved in the game has been taken away from him for the last almost three years now. So... Um, I think that's what we're seeing. But not only do I like watching him, I also like watching Sergio Rodriguez, the 30-year-old point guard. They've gone through their point guards in the past three, four seasons. <laughs> gone for every position, pretty much. They've had 16 starting point guards since Brett Brown has been the coach. It's a lot of point guards. I'm liking this guy. He's been out of the league yeah. for five or six years, and he's looking all right. He had another he, 11 assists yeah, today. Yeah, he's a wow. playmaker. He and is. He kind of fits that mould of a lot of the... um. A lot of the European point guards are just those really good passers and playmakers, and yeah. he fits right in. I love it. I love the way that he's playing at the moment, so I'm loving him. I'm loving Embiid. Nick Stauskas looked good in the early games. I don't know if that's sustainable either, but this is the guy that I've been critical of his entire NBA career. Saric is looking Ever- good. He's Saric looking is- okay. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Saric, 21 points today. So Yeah, he's looking awesome. And then you've got Okafor coming off the bench. You've still got Noel still got ben, and Simmons injured. Ben so these Simmons are the guys still back. to come. And I think Simmons will come back. Yeah, they're yeah. fun He'll to watch, He'll be playing man. in January. They yeah. are fun He'll to watch. He'll be playing in January. They're, I don't know how many games they'll win this season. They'll probably be towards the end of the ladder still. I think we've... We had the, I, I had them as a second bottom of the of the East coming yep, into the so season. Yep. I'm confident that that'll pretty much remain the same. But man, they're fun. Did you guys if watch they're their, on TV, I'm watching them. Did you guys watch the season opener against... Oh, uh, yeah. Against that's what, OKC, that, against OKC. That's, awesome. that's what I. Ba- that, I wrote my article straight after that. After one game, that's how much of an overreaction this was. <laughs> after one game, I left thinking, man, they lost, but they were fun to watch. And Embiid at the start of it, he he took a three. I think it might have been the first Sixers possession, and if that went down, the oh, I would have gone nuts. <laughs> well, I love the chance for MVP, by the way, by their fans <laughs> for Embiid. That was awesome, and he he really wanted to take on the game towards the end. He wanted the ball in his hands for the yeah. final three possessions. Didn't quite consolidate in the last two. Possessions, but man, there's a lot to work with there for the 76ers, Ooh, which I love. Absolutely. Boys, we've got to move on. We want to talk about our biggest surprises and our biggest disappointments team wise so far for the season. So let's go. All right, boys, once again, it's only a week into the season, but we wanted to have a look at the biggest surprises so far from a, from a team perspective, only three or four games in. And I think 
There's one team in particular that we touched on before that is a general consensus for the team that kind of has come out of nowhere and surprised everyone. Like the Chicago Bulls. And what the hell is going on? <laughs> well, three point shooting. They're they're bracket busters so far. They're yeah. leading the league in offensive efficiency. It's just incredible. But I mean, Chris's boy D Wade. My God. Yeah, I mean, we got that wager on, Shut so up. we're watching <laughs> watching D Wade with interest. But I think with the Bulls, it's really interesting that um, I, I I mentioned it slightly at the start of the year that people forgot that D Wade. Jimmy Butler, and to a lesser extent, Rajon Rondo, are good basketball players. They're smart basketball players. Like, they can yeah. play the game. Yes, they're not going to shoot a lot of threes. Now, I expect their their um, long-range shooting will come back to the norm. Like, it, it, they're not going to be a top-five three-point shooting team all season. Except well, for D-Wade. But, but, but <laughs> it, it's interesting because I say that, but... I didn't expect him to reach the heights they have reached in the first week. Oh, no way. So, like, everything... Will Butler t- be happy getting the amount of touches that he's been getting? Well... Will, 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 the, will that kind of start we to don't creep know. up a little bit and he'll get a bit annoyed and maybe think, you know, this is really that, is my team? Is he that he's type not, of guy? I reckon he is. I reckon he is. He's when you think when you think When you know you're the best player on a team, and I'd say that he is the best player on that team, and you're not getting the touches that a best player in a team like that should be getting... I reckon it absolutely becomes an issue. And I reckon if it becomes an issue, then you know, in a couple of weeks' time, we might see them start to fall apart a little bit. I reckon it's an issue until, unless they're winning. You know, when when, when you're winning, it's it's all it's all good. Okay, um, Jimmy Butler probably he's seeing it now as these guys are making life easier for me, right? But once they start losing, you know, they have maybe a three three or four game losing streak. Then then you start to see, you know. Uh, where where the locker room atmosphere is, is that really? Yeah, and I think another thing that surprised me about the Bulls is so I predicted before the season coming in that so obviously you got Fred Hoiberg there as coach. The way his teams played at Iowa State, there was a lot of ball movement, a lot of player movement. They pushed the ball. They were very efficient, very good offensive team. I felt like with the players, if the roster the Bulls gave him this season, he couldn't implement that. But they've proved me wrong because you look at him with the ball and they're. They're running up and down the floor. They're passing it. They're using um, Taj Gibson and and Robin Lopez a lot more than I expected in the low post and the high low game. Um, a big difference is a guy like Rondo on the fast break. He'll pass the ball up as opposed to Derek Rose who dribbled it up. So the ball's going over the half court line quicker. They're getting into their sets quicker. They're moving the ball. The players are moving. They're getting good looks. They're running in transition a lot as well. You saw it. They had a game against the Pacers where they just destroyed them in the fast break. They're getting easy baskets, which, again, is based on their defense. So the defense has been pretty good as well. But it's the offense that's just shocked everybody. Yeah, it, it, I, I can't wrap my mind around it. <laughs> it's weird. It's like, you're almost watching them now. You're like, is this happening? Are they scoring they, all these points? They've got a big test coming, though. And that, clutch as well in that game against the Celtics. Yeah. Ooh, they were hitting some big threes in that last minute. Yeah, and D-Wade. Oh, $25,000 fine <laughs> for you, Chris, doing that throat slash. You can't do that in here. $25,000 fine to you for that throat slash. That is, that is atrocious behavior by you. You know another team that has surprised me as well? The Lakers. Yes and no. The Lakers, Lakers look all right. The thing is, a lot of people though. expecting them to they be are, taking a bit of a step because of the fact that Kobe Bryant's gone and they can mm-hmm. actually play a style of basketball that actually resembles something that is played by a professional basketball team. But they've looked good. Yeah. They've looked fun. They're good to watch. D'Angelo Russell's taken a step up. I think he'll be really good this year. They've got some good young talent. Yeah, I think they haven't surprised me as in because I knew they'd be better. I knew they'd be more watchable this year. And they're. 
they are what we thought we were. They're, they're a young team that's got a lot of talent. I think probably the second most talented young team in the in the West behind the Timberwolves uh, for me. So th- they've got a lot of talent, but like we see with a lot of young teams, they're still figuring out how to close games and how to win. They've been in a lot of uh, in a lot of games, um, but haven't quite. Other than the Houston game, where which they really closed out well. Um, they haven't quite figured out how to win yet, but th- that just comes with time. As a Celtics fan, I'm pleasantly surprised about their rejuvenation because if they finish uh, out outside of the bottom three in the draft, they're going to give their pick up. Well, they they they're playing well, but they're still losing games, Christos. So yeah, but you can they, play well and lose, and they still keep the. It'll pick. take them time to to find their feet. But if they if they actually start winning some games and end up with the fourth, fifth, sixth pick, whatever, they're going to give that pick up, and that's awesome. Yeah. So I, want that to I don't expect it to happen, but That'd hey, it's a possibility. possibility. Who, who are they giving it up to? The Boston Celtics. No, they're not. The Nets are no. giving it up to the Celtics. The they're Nets giving are giving it up. it up to the Sixers, excuse me. Yes, the Sixers for the... You got um, me confused there talking about Boston. Yeah. <laughs> well, because I'm a Boston fan, yes. because I hate the Lakers. So the Nets pick's going to the Celtics. Yeah, we already know that'll be That's unprotected, yep. and yeah. the Sixers are getting the Lakers pick. Yes. Excuse me. If it falls outside the top three. Spot on. A lot Trust. of protections going Trust on. Trust the process. It is bloody confusing. going on. You know what team that's surprised me as well? They're the other undefeated team in the East that we haven't spoken about is the Atlanta Hawks. Yeah. I had them good. as a four seed. Yeah. Well, their I, defense I has been tremendous. Defense I was on their bandwagon. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That, Howard looks good. That Howard Millsap fit looks really good. Yeah. Because Millsap, he's come into this season in unbelievable shape. He He's really handling the ball a lot more and really in the middle of their offense uh, as opposed to in the post like we've seen with Paul Millsap in the past. And I think with Dwight Howard in there now as opposed to Al Horford, um, the fit's better because Millsap now he's he's got a more perimeter orientated game. So is this it, as comfortable as you think Howard's looked in a long time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He looks happy as well. Yeah. He looks happy to be there. He's running up and down the court. Um, the Hawks are probably still limiting his minutes a little bit, just a tad, mm. from what I've seen. But he looks good, and Schroeder's looking good. Kyle Korver is a big key. He's shooting the ball lights out. Remember last year, he got off to a really slow start coming off that ankle surgery in the playoffs two seasons ago. Korver looks red hot. He's shooting the ball so well. Um, and they're just, their bench is looking okay as well. Schroeder's looks good. Guys like Kent Bazemore, Tim Hardaway, they're playing well. The Hawks look good. Hardaway had, what, what was his game the other day? He shot, yeah. he shot 30 plus, didn't he? Yeah, I think it was oh, oh, 20s. Maybe it wasn't quite thirty plus, but was expected. Was better. Was. It was it was better than what we saw last year. <laughs> yeah. Um, if so. they can get that from him, you know, not not consistently, like not every game, but you know, every maybe once a week, even that it's it's more than what we thought we'd get out of him. So, Absolutely. So um, they've got even a guy like Malcolm Delaney. Yeah, they're backup point guard he, now. He's played really well. He's playing good. He, yeah, he holding he, his own. He was making all these shots, and I was like, "Who? Who is this guy? <laughs> who we play for?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but no, nah, it looks good. Um, Mike Muscala is another one. Yeah, really, really shooting the ball well. So, um, averaging eleven points a game. So, if if they can get that bench uh, production up, their their starting unit is still pretty good. And and they still got Tiago Splitter to come back. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, so. No, they're looking really good for me. What about your biggest disappointment so far? Um, it's got to be the Orlando Magic for mine. They have looked really, really bad. I mean, they um, they just beat the Sixers, and they got demolished by. Oh, they 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 lost to the Cavs just, but they got demolished when the game was there to be won. Yeah. 
and they got demolished by the Heat as well. And I think the Pistons took care of them yep. as well. Yep. So the Magic have looked bad. Ibaka hasn't looked great. They they've been bad defensively, which is unusual because before the season, everyone was saying they're going to be they could be a top five, maybe under top Frank, ten, definitely under Frank Vogel, maybe yeah. top five. Yeah, Frank Vogel is a defensive mastermind, and you've got a team full of defenders. They've looked really bad, and their interior defense has been pretty poor as well. Yeah, it, I I tend to go terrible at the start of the season, so I'm happy with that. I think I had them I had, fourteen or thirteen. I had seven. them possibly. So that was alright. I had them possibly with the Chris Middleton injury to Milwaukee. I had Orlando. Oh, you had them moving up to. The I had spot? them moving up to eighth. Really? I thought their I defense. The move up I thought their defense could wow, better right. them against the rest of the bottom nine teams in the East or bottom seven, excuse me. So they've looked bad, and it, it's another thing is their offense been bad because no one can score. We said it coming into the year. Who's their top scorer? And so far, you look at their offense, it's out of sync. No one's taking over, which is a problem. Yeah, well, I, I coming into the season, I thought Evan Fournier would be their leading scorer, and, and I predicted him to be um, in the discussion for most improved player. Um, so far, he's struggled a bit. He's averaging 16 points a game, but shooting the ball 25% from three, yeah. they need more from him. You know, he's he's a guy that's improved his game every single year, um, but, you know, that... He shot. He shot the ball not not too well so far. You know the team that's the most disappointing. Who's that? Golden State. No, Eight, they can't go eighty two and zero anymore. <laughs> I, I was expecting them to get through the entire season undefeated, and they can't do it. They're not going to do it. So it's they're terrible. they're a disappointment. They're yeah, a absolutely. They're done. They're a bust. They're a no eighty two. Break it up. Trade deadline, mate. <laughs> Trade them away. Has not pointless worked. decision to uh, <laughs> to bring in Kevin Durant. Getting rid of all your other players. Broke Terrible seventy three win team, mate. They, what did they start last year? What was it? Twenty four and oh. Twenty four and oh. Yeah, that but was zero and one. After what what one you game. see with the Warriors is like on a serious Disgusting. note. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The the fun that they played with in the it's last two years, there. it's not there it's not, is it? because they're under the weight of this expectation And even now. little things like the bench cheering. It's not like the no. bench having fun when someone makes a big it's, play it's is not, not there. there. That... The joy. It'll come. I don't think I, so. I don't think it will come. I think eventually it will. I, I don't no. think it will come. They'll, they'll settle down into their role. different vibe there, man. It, For now, I think they'll settle down a bit. Are they too focused on the Cavaliers? Some of the things that they've been saying in the media, Draymond said he wants to... a Halloween thing where LeBron <laughs> there, there did one Yeah, Draymond joke. said he wants to destroy and annihilate the Cavs if they meet again in the enough. final. Well, I mean, like, everyone had a big issue with... But, like, what's he meant to say? Like, yeah. Yeah. No, well, of course. No, no, no. But it just seems... Uh, not that they're focused on the Cavs, but there's been these little things where... The but, Cavs are in their heads. But then There's again, no doubt about can that. you say the Cavs are focused on the Warriors with LeBron making Steph Curry and Clay Thompson well, cookies at but, his but, but who else, who else like, is in their way, though? Oh, no one. It, but it kind so of, what's, the, what's the bad thing about focusing on them? Well, you could if, possibly if Cavs, you could overlook some other things. Who? A team like the Spurs, who've looked really good. Looked yeah, really good, the Spurs. In the, in the East, though, they got no one in else the to contend with. In the West, I'm talking about if the yeah, Warriors but, looking at the Cavs. Yeah. They ran into the Spurs. I'm not not saying it's going to be a big issue, but it's been something. It's caught me a little bit by surprise by how much attention and how much things have gone public. There's definitely a rivalry there between the Cavs Ooh, and the yeah, Warriors. Yeah, there's something's building towards something very big, possibly in June. As well, we it's a it's a building up to that trilogy, isn't it? And, yeah, um, it's a movie. It's funny, like you, it's almost like the Warriors and Cavs their roles have switched from last season. Because I know for me. And uh, I'm not sure whether Luke uh, feels the same way as well. Last year, as a Cavs fan, say we played because East East Coast teams play earlier in the day, obviously, right? So, say the Cavs would they'd win by seven points in in a game against Milwaukee or whatever. 
I'd look at the Warriors and and I'd see them blowing out a team by twenty four, and I'd it would almost feel like a loss to me, <laughs> you know, because uh, because he was this team, you know, going on this twenty four win win streak and, and, and you doing s- it easy, yeah, doing it easy, and you saw the Cavs struggling, in fighting and and whatnot. So I had kind of one eye on them. Or yeah, and I know the Cavs did as well because you'd see LeBron last season. He was in peak ang- angry dad grumpy. So, so how'd, how'd you feel when they dropped the first game of the season at home against the Spurs by twenty nine points? I, I might as well have had a Tim Duncan jersey on. It's <laughs> like, <laughs> like yes, Kawhi. <laughs> exactly, he was phenomenal, Kawhi. I think it um that opening night for me it kind of re it kind of got me more excited for a regular season again it's yeah. like yes it's back these weird results are back yep. it's not going to be what we all expected but it, it i it also showed me that obviously like we we know the warriors are going to be good yeah like losing by 29 points to it's it's an aberration but it's not going to be easy it's not going to be you know they're going to beat every team by 30 points like i feel like the nba at the moment it's one of the most uh how do I say this? It's, there's a lot of talent in the league, more more so than I think ever in the league. There's so so many good players. We we've seen it with the amazing stat lines everyone's putting up, but the talent is not not spread out evenly. And I right. I think that's why people can often say that the league is watered down. You know what we heard last year when the Warriors dominated was that oh they couldn't do this in the nineties, but because the league is watered down now, I don't think that's true at all. Well, some of the stats that have been putting up, oh. you mentioned before, if we go through and have a look at the numbers by by Russ especially, who's averaging a triple-double at the moment and could post a triple-double average for the season, which would be the first time since Oscar Robinson, wouldn't it? It would be. Yeah. He was the first player since Magic Johnson to have a triple-double in two of his first three games. Yeah. First player since Kareem to have a triple-double with scoring at least 50. <laughs> it's, just, these, it's video game numbers, but not even him. Anthony Davis has been like... Amazing. Averaging 37 points from yeah. the first handful of games. DeRozan and Damian Lillard are shooting lights out. Harden is looking like he can lead the leads oh. in both assists and points. He was amazing Be the first time since um, Tiny Tiny Archibald did that a while ago. Durant, we mentioned before. Kawhi Leonard's looked good. DeMarcus Cousins has looked good. Even LeBron's almost averaging triple-double. And LeBron's he's, looking good. He's LeBron, not, he hasn't gotten out of second gear. MVP favorite? Mm, MVP. Oh. Nah, at, the moment, at the moment, I think it's Kawhi. You still think it's Kawhi yeah, above, yeah, above LeBron? at the moment. Can it be Anthony Davis? No, no. never won a game. <laughs> Give this up. <laughs> That's okay. a stupid. Well, at least say something like Russell Westbrook. Nah, for, for me, it can see, definitely be Westbrook. James Harden. For me, uh, see the, either uh, Kawhi Leonard and number two is Dame Willard so far. For me, Dame. he's been outstanding. Well I have Dame Harden. Dollar. I have Harden in the top two. For me, it's Harden and Davis at the moment. I know <laughs> they haven't won yet. Davis isn't going to win it, mate. He'll get a lot of votes. So you, well, he you, will get. You're a completely. Lot. You're, you're not saying anything about Westbrook. You're not having Westbrook in the top two. I'll have him third. I'll have Davis and then Harden. Davis above Westbrook. What if Davis is part of a 20 win team? Oh, I'm not, I'm not he, saying I don't expect him to win, but I'm saying based on these first this first week. Yeah. Okay. Based on four okay, games. Okay. So if if we continue four games with Davis and they three for Westbrook. they go zero and eighty two. Well, no, <laughs> no, no. You're no. still happy for him to be considered the MVP. Well, no, no. Not if they don't win a game. But I'm not talking about the future. I'm talking about right now. Yeah. So they haven't won a let's game. Let's say if the MVP had to be decided right now. Yeah. I'm I'm going Anthony Davis. You're going on someone who hasn't won a game. Oh well, <laughs> then again, you're going someone who's Westbrook and whose team just I, I beat said, the Sixers. I'm going LeBron. Just beat the. I sense another wager coming on. We, you know. If if That's Anthony just Davis unfair, though. if Anthony Davis finishes in the top five MVP, oh, would, absolutely no, top five, no, absolutely really? top five. Yeah, oh, 
Absolutely. Well, who's going to be the top five without him? It'll be Westbrook, Westbrook Harden, LeBron. Durant? No. One of the I'd Warriors? Put, One of the Warriors yeah, is going to be there? One of the Warriors For will me, it's Davis, Davis and Harden. Five. I reckon... Mm, I said Davis it in five. a demo podcast we did that James Harden is a better chance of winning the MVP than Kawhi Leonard. At the moment, I'm standing by that. At, based on what we've seen, Harden looks better... Just not saying he's a better player. I'm saying solely to win this individual MVP award. If I had to say what right now, if I had to choose Harden or Leonard, I'd say Harden. If yeah. I had to choose overall, it'd be Anthony Davis. Yeah, no, you're that's, wrong. That, that's right. <laughs> it's fair enough, uh, but you're wrong. <laughs> so we only got Davis a of... is the first player in history yeah, to I don't score care. They 148 points without his team winning the game. And how, how many games have they won? Yeah, Luke, I mentioned in this how many games did they win? They're 0 4. Okay, cool. So but look, look at the roster. No Drew okay, Holiday, no Tyreek Evans. So they'll <laughs> okay, win so some games. So they haven't won any games. Not right, yet. Sweet. Cool. Just yeah. to die on. We've only got a couple of minutes left because then we've got a special guest coming in the studio, James Arthur from the SCN NFL podcast. It would have a bit of a, a cross promotion to promote the, uh, the NFL podcast. But first, just before we finish off, we've got a couple more Twitter questions to get to. This one, we want to touch on some Aussies in the NBA. This one is from uh, at uh, Phil underscore James23. Do you think that Paddy Mills will get more opportunities to start games with Parker resting more often? I think that's a very it's a given. Yeah, absolutely. And Paddy Mills has looked good. He's looks really good. He's shooting the lights out of the ball. Yeah. His effective field goal percentage is up with the best in the league. Um, he's almost looking like he's moving past that point where he's not just this explosive offensive guy. He's been solid on the defensive end. He's been a playmaker. He's been making the right passes, making the right decision. So He's, he looks good, and you definitely know Parker's going to rest a lot more. I mean, he, he's already been rested he's one already, game into the season. Yeah, exactly. And even with that rest, he hasn't looked very good. He no. got he got last year. He, got, he looked, didn't look good. No, he got cooked by George Hill today. Didn't I look think good it was the Olympics. after the, for a couple of years. It might have been the 2013 or 14 playoffs. He's looked really bad, mm. really bad. So Mills definitely. Some other Aussies quickly. Dally's looked pretty effective in his yeah. starting role with the Bucks. Um, Aaron Baines has looked good off the bench. In Detroit, Bo gets struggling a little bit in Dallas. Dante Exum had four blocks today. Four blocks. Joe Ingles, three or four. Ingles today. is Ingles is very Two solid threes. off the bench. Fawn Maker got has got one re- run one rebound so far for Fawn Maker. That's he's right. Like a minute better than zero. But he'll he'll he's he's develop he's developing. He's a project. He's Simmons a project. obviously hasn't played yet. He'll be in January. And the, the the last Twitter question we want to get to as well is from at Spider nine eight four two. Any concern over Utah's start to the season, which could affect playoff hopes? Now, in, in respect to the to the tweet, this was sent before they demolished the Spurs <laughs> by fifteen points. Let's just put that there. But even without that win, I still say no because you look missing Gordon Haywood, missing Alec Burks, Derek Favors on a minutes restriction. Yeah, they're three or their four most important players. Yeah, take their three of the four most important players out of any team, and they're going to struggle. So I don't think there's... The Cavs would be 0-4. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly right. And probably the Warriors wouldn't have won a game either if you take the three best players out That'd of their be team. ugly. So yeah. I don't... I mean, there's, there's, a lot, there's still a lot to figure out. To me, Utah sometimes doesn't get the benefit of the doubt because they've really got no runs on the board with this team. There's yeah. no playoffs yet. They haven't made the playoffs. They haven't won a lot of games with this team. But I think in a wider context, with no Haywood, no Burks... Derek Favors coming off the bench off a, in a minutes restriction. You can't be too concerned over their playoff hopes. Yeah, they're only one and a half games out, out of first place. So yeah, you know, and there's not, no point looking at the standards at the moment. Exactly. No so, point. so, I mean, two and two after four, it's it's a good place to be. And obviously, they've got talent coming in, so they'll be fine. Um, I think they'll be fine. It's again because they're young and they lost a lot of close games last year. They'll be 
My one thing to watch out with the Jazz would be how they finish games. And today they went to George Hill a lot. Um, and I think having his playoff experience there really helps, um, having played a lot of close games. So, um, But uh, in terms of worries, uh, I, I'm not concerned about them. Now, just before we finish the episode, we've got a very special guest in the studio with us today, and that is James Arthur from the SEN NFL podcast. James, what's going on, buddy? Thanks for having me, guys. It's a pleasure to be in here with you, with this the master Chris Tyler himself. Oh, thank you very much. You're very <laughs> kind. So normally you guys record on a Tuesday, but of course yesterday being Melbourne Cup Day, you couldn't, so you've come into the studio to record after us. So we thought we'd get you on for about four or five minutes to just do a bit of a cross-promotion on both podcasts, because... We've got some terrific podcasts here on SCN America. We've got ours, the SCN NBA podcast, yours, the MLB podcast, and the Flag Flies is making a comeback in a couple of weeks as well. So there's plenty of content. You've got to head to sen.com.au. You've got to hit the uh, the SCN America tab on the top right-hand corner. Follow us on Twitter as well. All the content will be up there. What do you got coming up this week, James? So week eight has just concluded. Yeah, huge so week. All your thoughts on that. So it's you and Chris Bryan, former Carlton Collingwood and Green Bay Packer punter. He was actually a Tampa Bay Packer. He never played a game for Green Bay. He, like was, he? <laughs> he did their entire preseason. If you go back and listen to the original podcast that we had Chris Bryan on, where he actually gave us his story and a bit, which is very, very interesting. But was he on their list? He was in their preseason games. Was he on their he list? Pun- yes, he was, yeah. Green Bay Packer, Chris Green Bay <laughs> Packer. And then, yeah, he played games for Tampa Bay, and he was also at the New York Jets for a while. So this is a guy who's played in the NFL, in the which is NFL. exciting stuff. So his insight to a lot of things is really incredible as a guy who's been in the locker room and in preseason and in training camp. For someone who's got that you know, perspective on things, it's, it's really interesting at times. So and he's you, been a great addition to the team. And you, of course, playing for Australia. I am Australian a gridiron team. Yes, I am nothing compared to what uh, Chris is. The Australian <laughs> gridiron team has, is has nowhere Chris near ever NFL. Australia? Don't know. I don't think so. No, no. no. He isn't. And then we also have Richie Garraway. He's in the states at the moment, so he's a Victorian coach at the moment. He's played over two hundred games of, of gridiron. So I feel like the three of us all having played the sport somewhat, that's probably a pretty rare thing in Australia to have I'll people who so. have that sort of insight. And, you know, I'm, I'm an offensive lineman and defensive lineman, so I've got sort of, you know, I can I understand that aspect of the game better than someone, you know, other podcasts in Australia who have never touched a field or probably never touched a football in an organised forum um, have. We just have. We just have a better perspective on the game and understanding of it because of that. And you're also Vic Bowl champions as well. Let's not forget. Well, not now. No, the, the <laughs> Warriors, the Nun- the Monash Warriors won the other week. So no, not this year. Last year we Last were Vic year. Bowl you champions, are, so wait, we've won a championship. Once a champion, always a champion. For that year, yes. <laughs> yeah, no, always a champion. No, always. James, always. what can we expect from the Cleveland Browns? My Cleveland Browns <laughs> haven't won a game yet. And well, Chris, are you Cleveland Browns as well, I Luke, I'm trying to stay away from this futility. <laughs> I'm I've trying heard, to bring you across. I've heard terrible things, but Luke's, you know, he's just roping me in. <laughs> He's, nothing I can do. Look, they're they're young and they're certainly rebuilding. Some say they've been rebuilding for fifty odd years. <laughs> uh, quarterback plays a massive issue for them. That's their target. But they actually just traded for Jamie Collins yes. from the Patriots for a third round pick. So they, they've fleeced the Patriots. Um, it was Bill Belichick stamping his you know his authority down because basically <laughs> Jamie Collins wanted more money than. Bill thought he was worth. He's in the last year of his contract, so he ships him to Cleveland as punishment. But uh, it's going to be really difficult for Cleveland to get him re-signed. That's going to be the hard thing. So they've paid a third rounder for someone who's potentially got, what, eight games left? He, yes, but he is instantly their best player. But do you want to win? Probably on their roster. Do you want to win, though, for the Browns? 
Well, no, you probably want to so come why trade last. For him? Yeah, look, they're, they're going to come last either way. Basically, what they're doing is they're giving themselves a seven-month head start on him in free agency. If they can get him in the building, he likes what it's all about. He sees some excitement. They have much better chance of signing him in free agency. Where if they just go into free agency, he's never been to Cleveland. Yeah. He's never heard of Cleveland. <laughs> he, <laughs> he has. They have zero chance of signing him. So basically. They are, they are using that opportunity for a third-round pick, which the amount of picks Cleveland Browns have, that's yeah. nothing for them to give up. So I, I, I love the trade. I think it's an outstanding trade for them. So to expect from the Cleveland Browns, look, if they can win a game this year, that'd be fantastic. I don't know when it's going to come. I'm sure they will win a game. It certainly won't we've be this week against they've the Cowboys. We've leads during the season. Like, we've had big leads. Not they, big leads, but we've had leads and then they've just lost them. Yes. Well, they run the ball really well. Yeah. So... It's just going to be a matter of getting that game where you can string the four quarters together. They've had seven quarterbacks start for them this year, or sorry, play for them this year, it's which ridiculous. is it's, it's the most important position. And, on the and field. there's no QBs that are probably going to go number one in the draft either at the start of the year, <laughs> unless they unless they really reach for someone. Like, yeah, what's uh, the draft class like? Well, Dakota Watson's the guy that everyone talks Deshaun about. Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson. Who's sorry. Dakota Watson? I was going to say Dakota Watson. Who cares? They're all Deshaun Watson, but he's probably more like I think I saw a couple of mock drafts, five, six, seven yeah. around there. People will reach for quarterbacks. This is what you have to well, remember. Number Once, one. We saw it last year with Goff and, never and Wentz. Right. Well, this, this is the thing. The Browns are going to forever be you know, talked about for trading away at Carson Wentz pretty much. So yeah. they had a lot more problems than, than quarterbacks. So I like what they've done. But as you've seen this year, Dak Prescott was in the fourth round. Um, you can find guys. Russell Wilson was a third-round pick. Andy Dalton was a second-round pick. There are Brady's sixth round. Brad, Tom Brady. Now, that's probably never going to happen again. But look at Trevor Simeon at Denver. You know, he's a seventh-round pick from last year who's an adequate NFL quarterback. The days of needing the superstar quarterback to win, yeah, it's helpful, but it's not imperative. You saw Denver win last year with... A skeleton of Peyton. The right culture, right coaches, all that sort of stuff. You can Something win. The Browns do not have, and and that's, that's yeah, that's the thing. The Browns just need to rebuild it. They do like Cody Kessler, and he he was a third round pick for them. So, who knows what he can become? If they pick number one next year, I I don't see them taking a quarterback. They'll go. Uh, they'll try and find something else. They'll try and trade back because they're a, a few years off being, you know, Super Bowl ready. And you don't have to find them in the first off season. Like it's you want to find it quick, but you don't have to. It can take years. So I see them probably looking to with all the draft picks they've got. They've now got Jamie Collins. If they can re-sign him, all of a sudden you have a middle linebacker that is the most athletically gifted linebacker in the league by far. And a guy coming into this season who guys are talking about as an MVP, defensive MVP candidate. So if you can get him in, get him spreading a culture, um, get him playing hard, get him re-signed, you can build around that sort of guy on defense. That's a start. They've got a good running game. Their offensive line's not bad. That's something to build around an offense. They've got Corey Coleman. They've got Terrell Pryor is a great story. So in terms of Cleveland Browns, it's they're much like the 76ers, which I heard you guys talking about earlier. They're, yeah, they're not going to win a lot of games. They're probably going to be last in the NFL this year, but they're fun to watch and they're exciting and they've got pieces. So it's about rebuilding it now. That's the type of insight you can expect every week wow. on the SCN NFL <laughs> podcast. Where can we find all, all your Twitter accounts and all that sort of stuff? Obviously, SCN America for the yeah. entire show, but what about you each individually? We've got uh, myself is Jartha6594. They're my playing numbers I've played under. Chris is Chris Bryan 82 and Richard is Richard03. So follow us all. 
Um, we we try to do polls and whatnot on Twitter. Um, I'm I'm a bit remedial, but Richie's the good one with the computers and <laughs> and Twitter. I'm just here for offensive line chats. That's about it. <laughs> Perfect, James. Thank you for jumping in, mate, and having a bit of a chat with us. No worries. Thanks for having me, guys. That brings us to the end of the podcast today. Chris Tyler, Luke Sakari, Chris De Silva. Where can we find all your stuff as well, Luke? Just, uh, let you just go. on my Twitter at Luke Sakari. Everything's You're there. Right, everywhere. SCN America, pickandroll.com.au, a whole bunch of other places. Chris. Yeah, but I believe the hype and uh, King James Gospel as well. We'll be back for week two of the podcast next Wednesday, so make sure you tune in there, scn.com.au. Check out that SCN America uh, tab at the top right-hand corner. We'll catch you next week, guys. Have a good one. To keep up to date with the latest American sports news and interviews from around SEN, follow SEN America on Twitter at SEN America and on Facebook at facebook.com slash SEN America.